welcome to another episode of Seasoned Crime, the podcast where you come to hear a story about a minority. My name is Jasmine Nicole, and I come to you weekly to provide you a story that you probably haven't seen on your news feeds. These are the stories about everything but the majority. The mainstream stories are told just about everywhere, but what happens when you don't have the looks that the mainstream news is looking for? Normally, those stories get pushed back behind the main stories, or sometimes they don't even get told at all. Seasoned Crime is here to highlight those stories. With no boundaries on race, religion, location, color, we're inclusive to all that tend to get overlooked. October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month, so I felt it was only right to start off with a story that will bring awareness to domestic violence. For today's highlight, we will be going to France. What happens when the innocent turns into the guilty? When the person living in your home causes you the most danger? This story will highlight the torture and the revenge of Valerie Bacot. Like so many people, myself included, as a young teen, Valerie lived in a home with only one biological parent. Her mother met a truck driver named Daniel Pallott, who she fell in love with, and he ended up coming to live with them. Valerie was so excited to have a father figure in the home. Her father hadn't been around, and she'd always yearned for this experience. Valerie herself said, I finally felt like I could do what the others did with their father, to form a normal family. When my mother was violent and mean to me, he defended me. Not soon after Daniel moved in, when Valerie was about 12 years old, she was in the bathroom and Daniel, who was 25 years older than her, came in to join her. He said he was there to show her how to properly wash herself. Ugh, this escalated into Daniel stealing her innocence and raping her on a consistent basis. One time, it was so bad, she had major carpet burn on her body because he raped her on the floor. The abuse continued as days went on. Valerie's mother ended up getting married to Daniel, and now he was the stepfather to the little girl that he was abusing. In 1995, when Valerie was 15 years old, based on a complaint that was made against Daniel, he was arrested for sexually assaulting a minor. Daniel did some jail time, and while he was gone, Valerie's mother seemed to be upset, but not for the reason that you may think. Her frustration was due to Daniel not being there with her. She didn't like the fact that he was away and out of the home. He was in jail for sexual abuse on a minor, and yes, she was living in a home in charge of protecting a minor, but she just wanted her man home. As soon as Daniel was released from jail, her mother welcomed him right back in with no issues. Valerie's mother later admitted that she knew what was going on, but she didn't say anything or do anything. She said she was just so naive to the situation, and she just knew that Daniel would change. Sadly nothing ever changed. Daniel came right back into the home and picked up exactly where he left off with the abuse on Valerie. When she would come home from school, Daniel would wait until she had her afternoon snack and then he would tell Valerie to come upstairs. That's all he had to say and everyone knew exactly what he meant. Valerie would go out of fear of what would happen if she ever disobeyed. At no point did Daniel stop. He was living in a home where he had access to prey on his victim whenever he wanted. And for Valerie, 
This is all that she had known for years. When Valerie was 17 years old, she became pregnant with Daniel's child. In some sick, twisted way, Valerie's alcoholic mom was so furious about it. In her eyes, Daniel was her man. And how dare Valerie end up pregnant by her man? So, Valerie wasn't welcome in her home any longer. With nowhere else to go and pregnant, Valerie ended up with Daniel, who had also moved out of the home. The two ended up getting married, and because Daniel was against contraceptives, he forbade Valerie from using them, and she ended up birthing four of Daniel's children. He was a stepfather turned abuser, and now this was a husband and the father of her children. Like, oh, well, I'm, yes, you heard all of that correct. Daniel had a drinking problem, and when he would really get drunk, he would get physically violent. The sexual abuse was there from day one, but the physical part of it was just getting started. The first time Daniel hit Valerie was because she didn't tidy up the kids' toys. It started off with him slapping her around, but as the drinking continued, the violence escalated to kicking and punching and choking. Daniel even attacked her with a hammer once, and he broke her nose. Valerie described her life at this time as a living hell. I wish I could stop and say that the story of abuse and control were done here, but sadly, that wasn't the end. Daniel, who, remember, was a truck driver, um, but Valerie wasn't allowed to work in the home. She had a job one time, but it didn't last that long. By not that long, I mean it only lasted about two weeks, and Valerie was fired due to frequent absences where she would always say she was leaving for family reasons. Daniel wouldn't let Valerie work outside the home, but he found a way to keep her bringing in income. Daniel needed control of everything, so he forced Valerie into prostitution. He put ads for a good time with his wife out in the newspaper and at gas stations looking for clients. He would charge men the equivalent of about 25 to 60 U.S. dollars to have a sexual experience in his van with his wife. Valerie would have to remain in contact with Daniel through the entire situation, wearing an earpiece, and he would watch them through a peephole that he had in the van so he could make sure that things didn't get out of line or that she didn't disobey his demands. If Valerie did refuse, Daniel would just threaten to kill her, and he went as far as pointing a gun to her head. He always kept a gun in the van, just in case it was ever needed for any reason. One day, Valerie overheard Daniel talking to their then 14-year-old daughter. Normally, she wouldn't think anything of it, but based on what she heard, she knew this wasn't just a normal father-daughter conversation. Daniel was asking questions and seeking details from his daughter about her development and her sexuality. No one knew better than Valerie the intentions behind what Daniel was saying, and she feared that he may soon try to pimp her out. Even though Valerie herself had been stuck in this, there was no way she would ever allow her daughter to become a victim like she did. And it was at that point she truly believed that the only way to put it into all this was to kill him. March 3rd, 2016 was the day that Valerie decided enough was enough. She attempted to poison Daniel, but she was unsuccessful with that. After that attempt, she went on with things as usual. She had a client that night, so they were out in the van, and this client was more aggressive than normal. 
At some point, Valerie managed to get a hold of the gun that Daniel kept in the vehicle, and with a single bullet, she shot him in the back of the head while he was sitting in the passenger seat. After the immediate shock wore off, Valerie's first thought was, what was she going to do with Daniel's body? I mean, she couldn't just leave him there in the van. And the only people that she even knew were her children. Valerie got her two oldest children and told them what happened, along with the daughter's boyfriend, and they all helped dispose of the body. From there, everyone went on and acted as if Daniel just up and disappeared. He just left. This brought them a little bit of time, but not too much. In October of 2017, Valerie was arrested. The mother of the daughter's boyfriend, who was helping them dispose of the body, is the one who turned them in. Valerie was indicted for concealment of a corpse and not reporting the crime. Valerie ended up spending about a year in jail before being released to await trial. While awaiting trial, Valerie wrote and published a book that is translated in English to be titled Everyone Knew. The title speaks to how a single person around her knew about the abuse that was going on, but no one spoke out and said anything. She went more extensive in the book, showing just how the abuse actually was. The book gave us more of an idea into Valerie's life as Daniel's stepdaughter. A few months after the book was released, the case finally went to trial, and that happened in June of this year. The details Valerie brought up in the book were also brought up in the courtroom. Remember when Daniel went to jail for a bit for that sexual assault of a minor charge? During what would have been Valerie's only time of guaranteed peace away from her abuser, it was anything but her mom would take her to visit as well as have her write Daniel letters while he was in jail. Members of Daniel's family were there at the trial and there was no love lost from them. They agreed that Daniel was a real monster. Daniel's sister Marielle spoke to a French newspaper and said, quote, bring her own daughter to the prison to see a man who raped her? This woman does not have any understanding of anything. Valerie's mother got on the stand during trial, and she tried to defend those actions, saying that Valerie wanted to go to the jail to do visits with Daniel, and she never forced her to go. She also said that it was actually benefiting Valerie to go, because it was a bit of a drive to jail, and she let Valerie drive, so that means that Valerie was able to complete the required hours to complete her driving school so she can get her license. Yeah, you heard me right. The audacity, like the audacity of this woman. That's all I can say right now. Although Daniel was Valerie's abuser, she still recognized that she killed a man and she knows that it's a crime. In her book, Valerie wrote about the time that she did try to go to police before she got arrested. She couldn't get away to do so herself, so she sent two of the older kids to the police station to report what had happened, but they were turned away. According to Valerie, they were turned away because the incident happened outside of their jurisdiction, and even if it wasn't, Valerie would need to be present at the time to report the crimes against herself. Valerie lost all faith after this. She was so used to people ignoring her and pushing her to the side, so she just left things alone and let them be. I do want to add that during the trial, they did speak to the police at the unit where this allegedly happened, and the officers denied that this event ever took place. Valerie wrote in her book that she should be punished for killing Daniel, but it was the only thing she knew to do to protect herself and her children from any further abuse. 
She truly believed that he would eventually kill her. And she wrote about that in her book. I quote, one day he will kill me. It's written that way. I've known that ever since I was a kid, since my mother opened the doors wide before him. June 25th of 2021, a decision was made. Valerie was facing life in prison, so it could have literally been anything. And Valerie knew that. The decision was read and Valerie was sentenced to four years imprisonment. Three of those years were suspended and she was given credit for the one year of time that she did prior to the trial starting. This means it was all over. Valerie was able to walk out of court that day as a completely free woman. When she heard the verdict, she ended up fainting from the overwhelming feeling of shock and relief. Emergency services were rendered and they were able to get her all taken care of. Valerie walked out of that courtroom to a crowd of people cheering for her. This case had gotten international coverage and she had gained an overwhelming amount of supporters. Media historian Claire Sakal spoke out saying, Institutions cannot condemn her morally, Sakal said. What she did has become almost insignificant compared to what she went through, which in the eyes of public opinion makes her the true victim. A spokesperson for Valerie's support group named Florian Malley told CNN, I think that what touches people is that this is completely horrific. This story is really shocking and abnormal, but at the same time, it touches upon societal issues that we are aware of. Incest, or Me Too, and others. According to the World Health Organization, one in three women globally have been subjected to some kind of physical and or sexual violence in their lifetime. Across the world, almost 27% of women aged 15 through 49 have been in a relationship where they have encountered some sort of violence by their intimate partner. Socialsolutions.com stated that one in four gay men, one in three bisexual men, and three out of 10 heterosexual men will experience rape, physical violence, or stalking by an intimate partner in their lifetime. 38% of murders of women are done on behalf of someone that they have been intimate with. If you or anyone you know is a victim of domestic violence, they can call the hotline at 1-800-799-7233. This was the story of Valerie Bacot, and as always, I thank you for taking the time out to listen to the show this week. <music>